And welcome to the sit down where we have conversations with creators from across this beautiful motherland of ours. My name is Mark Omboy, a filmmaker and an all-round story lover. And today we are sitting down with Mark Miner, who's a computer scientist and filmmaker, and he uses this two loves of his life to be able to create amazing, amazing films such as Neophobia. And I don't want to tell you too much because it's one of those things that you have to discover for yourself. So in that case settle in we are recording this over zoom so we apologize for any sound inconsistencies that we might have the podcast okay and you know getting to this point where you're you're directing and you're in a co-production um how did it all start were you a child whose you know your first story was a camera or you know, all you did was tell stories to your parents. You know, how how did it all start? I think it all started when maybe I would say I was, I was young, but it was very sub a subconscious uh, effort because yeah. I remember I used to watch a lot of Bud Spencer and Terence Hill. Are you? you <laughs> Jesus, what child were you? This is. <laughs> Yeah, those those uh, action films from the oldies, the the John Claude Van Damme, um, a lot of uh, Sylvester Stallone, and also Mr. Bean. So um, I think I started by narrating stories when uh, when we went to like a break in school, and when we come back, I have like the whole film in my head, every scene the way it was. You know, because when you repeat a film so many times you end up even knowing exactly how the story is. So I would sit there with my friends. I don't know. I was I was one of the lucky ones who were able to watch films. So when 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 we sat there with my friends, I would be able to tell them this film started this way, then this guy. And I just remember from the top of my head, it was really exciting to them because I had all the details like in the palm of my hand. And, and I think... Now that got me now into interest with computers, like um, uh, seeing how games are made, because I used to be a very big fan of Super Mario and, and, and all these computer games. And I remember right around class eight when my dad was, like we were discussing what to, which, which subject to choose when I go to campus. Sorry, when I, yeah, when I go to campus, um, you were talking about he, campus when you're in class eight. <laughs> people who are forward-thinking humans. Goodness. Yeah, there was but, no option. But, <laughs> you had to go. Had to go. Well, my, my dad is a doctor, so he wanted me to be like to follow steps of the academic. Yeah. How do I say the academic trail? <laughs> and then where did you end up? How are you? <laughs> But anyway, he, yeah. he suggested that I think you are, you like this computer, computer stuff. Yeah. So maybe I think you can try some computer science stuff, some computer stuff. So even when I was going to high school, I had to enroll for computer studies. And I actually excelled in it. I was I was actually the top scorer in in the in the last exam, and I think this interest with computers led me now to do computer science in in University of Nairobi because it's the one I selected. 
And when I was in first year, um, I had a friend who, who was very interested in like downloading a lot of uh, films from Torrent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, there's a time that we were going on holiday. I think it was the first first year, um, mid holiday, and he gave me like I think 500 GB worth of films. That was and, a lot of films. Yeah, but but also because one film was like 10 GB, 5 okay. GB. It was yeah. all Blu-ray. How did you he know? have? How did he have such fast <laughs> internet? What was he cracking? Who's we were just using, using school internet oh, yeah. <laughs> from, from the school lab. Yeah. yeah. So so I remember I started watching them like one by one, and and I watched Shutter Island. I watched this was twenty ten. I watched um, the Bon um, the Bon Ultimatum. So this Bon Ultimatum is the one that I would I actually attribute to the rise in my interest in film because to actually do filmmaking because there were certain scenes I was very curious how they made, like this, this scene where Jason Bond jumps from a window to another window uh, between buildings. And um, I was very curious, like that glass, the way it broke when he jumped into it, it looked very real. So I wanted to, to know, okay, did they really do this on set or what happened? So I went and looked at some behind the scenes and I actually learned that there was no window there. It was all like, um, it was all put after in post, yeah? So, so when I started investigating how they actually created that glass in post, and I think at the time I saw they were using, um, I remember After Effects. So then I started with my, <laughs> cracking skills in computer. <laughs> <laughs> they finally I, I, come in handy. <laughs> they finally come in handy. I I, I I was able to get After Effects, I think. Um, and then I started to download like uh, tutorials. So at the time there were not so many tutorials of, of like high tech kind of effects. It was mostly like basic stuff, um, like shooting yourself in the head, um, that creating a clone of yourself and talking to yourself and that's actually where it started like I was very curious to see how I can talk to myself what what is the other person <laughs> of, what, is, what is the other person going to tell me what is my alter ego going to tell me and, <laughs> and uh, my brother at that time was also very much into like Jason Bo um, James Bond films yeah and and this uh, I mean don't worry, it's the same movie, American version and <laughs> version, so that's fine. <laughs> but 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 more of espionage with even Hitman and, and maybe this agent, you know, thing. And he 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 was you know, he, he told me that maybe we can even try recreate a scene from Hitman. Oh. So we, we we my dad had a, like a, a phone camera, it was remember those those cameras that you took pictures like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. five megapixels, 10 megapixels, those yeah, small ones. Yeah. So that's where I started with them. And <clears throat> my brother wanted to be the hitman. So we we tried to recreate like the opening of James Bond. There, there was a tutorial I followed like that. Ding, 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 ding. Maybe later I can show you some of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I still have them. <laughs> 
Um, and then from there, then we, of course, I learned that filmmaking is not just acting, it's even more of lighting, how the camera moves, how all these elements come in together. Yeah. So I, I, with the tutorials I used to follow, I just created the effects. So you just create like yourself shooting yourself in the head or maybe yourself uh, interrogating yourself uh, because of a breakup that went wrong. So you're asking yourself, <laughs> why, why do you think he left? She left you. <laughs> I, that sounds like a good counseling session. I mean, if all counseling sessions were done like that, I feel like people would get cured faster than... <laughs> Yeah, like like trying to get myself the questions that I ask myself, I ask myself on 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 live, and I remember I used to get a lot of like positive feedback from my friends. They were like, "How did you do that? How did you?" Do? And that excited me, like you know, like not telling people how to do it, but getting excited when they are marvelled at what you've just done. Like even all filmmakers, they just want at least you get some appreciation. You get people recognizing your effort and, and, and stuff like that. So from there, that's when I started, this, uh, I decided to use these effects um, to tell stories, not just create the effects and, and let people see them. So, so um, I started like creating short stories, but at the time I remember I used to force like, a certain um, visual effect that I wanted. So maybe I would create, <laughs> I would think, okay, I want to do an effect of someone's face turning like Hulk or green or, you know, stuff like that, or, or there's a bug crawling on, on top of someone or someone disappears in a wormhole. So then I would create a story based on that effect. <laughs> and that was not the, you know, we were starting out. so. It was not the uh, um, the proper really way of really uh, writing a story and, and stuff like that. So I decided there's this when I was in church, there's a there's a lady who who informed that, that us that there's a there's a school that it's almost like it's sponsored by the U.S. Embassy. It's very cheap and and they give you like training training uh, tools uh, on media and uh, filmmaking so then i decided okay let me let me just enroll for this i think at that time i was in in fourth year so in fourth year in computer science we weren't given like, like the classes were monday tuesday wednesday then until monday so you you had thursday friday saturday sunday free so I had some time on my hands if besides the project that we used to do you know the fourth year project starts almost like the second week when you're in fourth year. So you meet lecturers. And yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge project. So I remember at that time when I was at, I used to attend the class on, only on Saturdays. Yeah. It's called Youth Film Platform. I'm sure you've heard of it by Rachel Wainaina. <laughs> yeah, 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 I have a, an amazing human. She is. Yeah, so yeah, I think the school. Uh, what what I attributed mostly is it it gave me the ability to work in a team. You know, all this time I used to just do stuff on my own, uh, or sometimes involve my brother. But this time, I would give someone the camera. 
um, someone else would write it, someone else would produce the sound or record sound like like it was the first time I was like in a in a, in a in a in a film in a sort of semi-professional film set because before you know it was just one camera the sound is there so this it's, it's just like doing a documentary sort of so I was lucky to get selected as the as the class director for the final project. I think we were like 63 students. Ooh, that was a good number. Yeah, it was a good number. And I think through through the the, the, the small um, videos or films that I was creating on my own, I think somehow that that gave me an edge on who is going to like uh, direct the final project because people are like, oh, you've done this, you have some small experience, da, da, da. So yeah, after I made that film, um, it's called Too Late. Also, it's actually on YouTube. Um, that's that that actually gave me some good mileage because I remember we were also competing with USIU at that time uh, for the best student film in different in different schools, and it won. It won like the jury award for best student film. And at that time, the, the the person in charge of film in USIU was very keen in, in working with me because it was like, you did this. You know, like USIU, I think they're given a budget of 100,000. They had like, you know, USIU, they have like good equipment. Uh, they actually have a two-year course. Us was just a six-month thing. And and he was very curious to see how I managed to do that in, in in that time. And that's when now we decided to partner up because I I wanted to do a feature. I don't know why I was very ambitious. Hellbent. Hell <laughs> it's called Hellbent Ambitions. Hellbent Ambitions. Because you know, even the short films. They are not really short shots. Sometimes I used to, um, like I think there's one, one that was forty minutes. Right. like saying, you know, some things are very long. Like, uh, but you know, at that time, <laughs> I, I don't know. At that time, I, I used to feel like the the longer you do a film, the more experience you get. Yeah. It was very misinformed. <laughs> and I mean, it's the same thing. I think a lot of people still suffer with that. It's almost, you almost have the feeling if you do short films, you're not yet a quote-unquote filmmaker, which is really yeah. not the case. Yeah, exactly. There are two different art forms and they all require some some specialized skills in both ways. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can see why you are making 40-minute short films. I can see. At that point, a feature film doesn't seem like a bad idea. Yeah, like like even fifty five. I think there was one that was fifty five, but it was like a horror film. Uh, it, it, it's somewhere lost in my computer. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he was. Uh, he's called Mark Rigaudis. He was the one in charge of USIU, and at that time, I approached him with a feature film script. It was it wasn't really polished up. I had written. I, th I think I took like. Uh, four or five months to write it, yeah. And this is still when I was in fourth year. So afterward, I think because of 
of how complex, you know, when, when now I started talking to him, he started involving so many people, like I started saying, okay, so, so I, I was now involved in how big films are made. And I knew, okay, if this is really how it's gonna <laughs> involve me, yeah. I think I need some more experience with, with, with like short professional films, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so the script was still there. We, we decided to improve on it because, you know, the dialogue and all that. We, mm. At the time, I think it was a bit Americanized. Like, I think I, I teach at ADMI and, and uh, forget the name. So when I teach at ADMI, even the scripts that I first get, like, like the, the students that I start seeing, the scripts are very Americanized. Like you have someone, and this dialogue really work in Kenya. Like you know, the actors that you get will only do as much. If if you feel like the dialogue is being forced, the the, the English is not really there. Yeah, you need to think about that. So at the time, I think the the dialogue that I created was a bit um, Americanized. So I had to work with someone who would now make it uh, more relatable to to like. Uh, Kenya and and even the the, the the African content, I would say. So at that time, I, I had already involved Brian Ogola um, as my main. He had read the script, he liked it, but uh, we needed money. And is is Wakarema here? Look. She is she she's listening, but on her, she's at home though. But she's plugged in. Yeah. So I remember there was a, there was this. They had tattoo films. It's a production company. They had created. There were three of them. Wakarema involved, and and yeah. So we we had started working on how to fund it and and stuff like this. We still felt like it needed a bit more of of like involvement. So. The, the film was, and it's still, still the script is there. It hasn't been shot, imagine, until now. So we've still been developing it because it, it involves a lot of things. It's, it's a very ambitious film. So I, I decided to, to, write a shorter, uh, to write a shorter script because the actors that were involved in this feature film, I wanted to first work with them, get a good working relationship, so 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 I decided okay to just cast them as well, but in this short film. So that's the coming of Neophobia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Neophobia is that is that film. And I and so, I'm glad that we'll be able to get into deeper conversations on the YouTube section and really go into what the process was in developing it and you know, creating yeah. this. I don't know whether calling it sci-fi is like or oh, but that fusion of of the James Bond. <laughs> moments into your cinema and why you're attracted to that kind of film and that kind of language in cinema. So what happens after Neophobia? What happens when you do Neophobia? I do it all or in the process of beginning no, no, no. to do it? No, we'll, we'll talk into detail about the, the nitty-gritty okay, okay. of that, but just on a general storyline, okay. what happens with you once this film is made? So, so yeah, once the film was made, I remember I, I selected the same group. Actually, um, I, I've skipped a bit. 
there was this uh, Machakos Film Festival that we also participated in, and I still selected the six people that I selected six people in the in the school uh, youth film platform that uh, we did the short film. Uh, I, I decided to work with them because I felt like we are all growing. We are all in the same level. So there's no one like who is going to be on top of the other. Like, so if you improve me, I improve you. So we go improving each other. But and I felt that was like a like a concrete um, foundation for me. And so 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 when when Machakos. Machakos Film Festival came up, we we decided to also do a short film and it was shortlisted. Um, it's called Home. Um, and I think it was it was the fourth uh, like overall fourth. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was amazing. Congratulations, first of all. I know it's it's a, a while back, but still. Yeah, yeah, it's a while back. And and I remember I think at that time I was working. <clears throat> that was 2015. At that time I was uh, uh after i did i did the, a previous film i got so much um a lot of like people want, wanting to work with me um this is actually consigned to oblivion it's also a short film it's a 37 minute short film it's a psychological film about a, a woman who wakes up in a hotel room there's a, de <clears throat> there's a dead body in the bathroom and he cannot remember what happened and he has like two hours to figure out what happened because he has she has to check out. So when I released the trailer, I think the trailer was the one that caught the attention of like the industry professionals, I would say. So I remember um, people used to come to me and, and ask me, can you edit for me this, edit for me this. But that time, I, at that time, I wanted to grow as a, I would say a writer director. But I felt like, you know, working as an editor would sort of, or, a, or just a writer would squash me into mm. um, oblivion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice fun, nice fun, yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, I, I, I think I turned down a few offers, uh, but there's one that came up which was to do a... Um, a, a sort of pilot TV series to direct a TV series, and it was it was about old people who were jailed, like like old convicts, and how they live in this like like it's a care home or something, and the comedy that is there, stuff like that. After a while, I felt like this is something I always see on TV. Like I didn't feel. Like it was very fresh. It was it was quite it was new. So so and then the 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 payment. You know, it's a pilot. So sometimes you have to work out of your own pocket. So so uh, 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 you know, with parents there, they were always now see what you've done. <laughs> we, we educated you, and now you are struggling. <laughs> <laughs> We invested. Uh, you are our investment. Uh, and our investment uh, is not bearing <laughs> fruit. What is this? <laughs> yeah, so of course, I'm sure a lot of filmmakers' parents are usually like, they're, they're not fully convinced that filmmaking yeah, is the right 
it takes a long takes time. time to convince them. Even mm-hmm. even I think it took so long for them to be convinced, but I'll get to that. Uh, but at this point, I think they were more like, you know, like do this, look for some work. Because even even shooting like <clears throat> the consent to believe in the short film was was a bit of a hassle because we had to, to rely on a lot of goodwill. <clears throat> All the equipment was rented and even the actors because we weren't like paying them um it was you know it was according to their availability they they can't go out of like their own way to really be there so i remember i struggled a lot with this and and they decided okay let me do, get some work <clears throat> and then after that i'll buy some my own equipment so that when i feel like shooting something it's just go on set you know like have a location and then get the crew there give something to the actors and then you know it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more agreeable path yeah yeah for sure so so yeah so in 2015 i was still working when we were thinking of this doing this machakos film festival i'm i'm even wondering what job you you, you said it it's a computer programming job it was more of of uh, <laughs> It took finally education was being yeah. used in the appropriate way. Yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> a coding job, so it was also very. I, I think for the longest time I, I was very confused. Like I think even even um, my wife right now, she was my girlfriend then. I think she was always trying to think. You know, the two industries are so huge and so demanding. Like. For you to balance, yeah. For you to balance like film and and then go back to computer and I don't know do some codes that don't work and they're nagging and they take time. I think it was getting to my nerves. So, so it was actually very hard to decide because on one hand I have this passion that I really love doing, uh, and the and the other is also this skill that I have in computer, but I'm not too keen into it. I think at that time I was trying to choose over the true passion or career. I know it's it's that's a hard one. And one seems to be paying immediately <laughs> as compared. Yeah, as as compared to this and there's also that fact that you see there are a lot of people who followed a passion some of it worked some of it didn't but according to them you know it's according to their happiness. How happy are you with it? and and it's according to how content you are so i think we we did that film in a week um the machakos film festival uh, so i i took a one leave week and just did the film and and we were just amazed but that it was actually selected so after that that's when now um I continued working. I didn't do any film for almost two years, it, from 2015 all the way to uh, yeah, so one year, one year all the way to 2016. So at this time, I was I was buying like equipment, sound. I used to uh, order them uh, from abroad because I think at the time it was it made sense um, because of tax and all this. So when I decided to now do um neophobia it was we actually shot it on 4K we and and also imported like an editing machine so to make sure that I'm covered on that as well yeah so just to jump now to after neophobia 
um, I with neophobia, I worked with the um, uh, Mark Rigaudis. I told you about him uh, from USIU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, yeah. uh, he always, you know, he's from France. What was that relationship like? Was he coming? As a co-producer? Yes, he was coming as a co-producer because oh. at the time, I, at least I had some savings, so I was able to to contribute a bit. Put front, uh, front. Yeah, up, yeah. so, so I, I just told him, he wasn't contributing money, he was more of contributing um, like space. <clears throat> I think we used his house. He also contributed like the camera, the 4K camera, we used the Blackmagic 4K camera. And and also he helped like uh, secure some locations. Uh, I think he, he I, I wanted to work with him more because he was more into the industry and he knew like people who would um, who would network with better even when the film has been released and stuff like this. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So so when when we were thinking of of, of um, where to to submit the film, I think the first place, because it's French, he mentioned that we have to submit it to Cannes Film Festival. And I think at that time I used to watch a lot of like e-news and they used to bring up Cannes a lot. And, and I was like, I don't know this film, you know, like, <laughs> I don't see it in is, is it worth? Is it worth? Is it worth going to Cannes? Is it, what is it? And, and I think at that time it was like 10, Hundred euros to submit it. Yeah. And we were like, Oof. that's not yeah, cheap. Yeah. Eleven, eleven, twelve thousand something. <laughs> so, so it was like you know, don't. You know, that time we hadn't even shot it when we were suggesting about can. So we knew that the deadline is February. Uh, we are in December, so we have roughly uh, two, two, no, one and a half months or towards two months to actually make this film um, possible to submit in Cannes. So, yeah, I, I, at the time I was, you know, a young, ambitious person, you want to sour, to a club early. <laughs> so I said, okay, all right, sour, sour. Then, so we, when we were working um, on the film, I knew that uh, quality, in terms of visual and sound were not like something you debate. This these festivals don't like like if your if your sound is shoddy, that's it. Yeah, if your video looks blurry, I don't know, like camera moves are awkward and stuff like this. There's like like the first thing they check is just the story. So visual and 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 sound is really not um, <laughs> if it's bad, it's bad. That's it. So I knew I had to make sure we had, we get the best quality and and even in terms of sound and 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 uh, video. And when when now we submitted, I think we submitted it on the very last day. Um, so you want me to get into neophobia later on? I can just continue with the journey, right? No, you can. Yeah, continue the journey. Yeah. We'll get into the details of it. Yeah. Later. So after that, it was selected. In we submitted it, and when I was working, I, I used to work um, 
this was very funny because at work we used to have like seven weeks you work on day shift so you work from Wednesday to the next Wednesday every day uh, from six to six and then you work the next week you work Wednesday to Wednesday on night shift so you start from 6 p.m. Gioni back at Subui 6 p.m. 6 a.m. and then you get a seven week off so you work for two weeks consecutively and then you get a one week off. So sometimes, actually it worked for me because I knew every shooting I was planning was for this one week that I'm off. So the planning was just between uh, work and, and, and traveling from home between that period. And then every time we plan a shoot, it was just between that off that I'm on. So it, uh, I think at this time I was working on night shift. I was the only one awake at work. <laughs> I got the <laughs> notification that the film has been selected to come. Oh, oh, oh I was man. like screaming alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and it's at night, you know, the sound can go very far. <laughs> Yeah, you can't even you can't even tell you can't even scream can't laughing. Even. <laughs> yeah, so I think one one of my colleagues had me and then he told me she she was it was a she, so she was like, Why are you screaming so loud? I told I told her my film has been selected to one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. And she was like, Oh, okay. Well is that they didn't know anything about that. And they didn't know how proud you can feel. You just don't know, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, so, yeah, I went to Cannes. Um, maybe I'll get into detail with that. But after that, uh, yeah, I got to network with a lot of people. And I mean, we can talk a bit more about what Kanz was like because on the YouTube part, it's really more details on directing and you know, special effects yeah. and everything. What was it like getting to Kanz? What What was the experience? How did that come about? What was the planning like? What? So, um, yeah, when I got the how 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 was the letter like? <laughs> was it dear? Yeah, it's like enough people dream about the opportunity of being selected for this. Uh, Festival. Let me, let me, let me just that... see if I can trace the letter back. So <clears throat> when I got the, uh, I think uh, even the next morning I was I was very. I think I called one of the crew members. It was one a.m. Actually, I remember one a.m. <laughs> in the night, and and I and I called one of the crew members. I I told them, guess what? We are going to Cannes. What what can, what can I guess at one a.m.? You, you need to tell me what it is you're telling me. <laughs> and then I, I, I just oh said, God. guess what? It was very groggy. Just said, we are going to Cannes. Eh? We are going to Cannes. <laughs> what? And and I think he 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 woke up very quickly. Was like, no, you have to be kidding me. Send me that letter. <laughs> and 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 that's that's you know like he started now trying to call the other crew members. That it was like we were sleeping. 
<laughs> and people were like, whoa, what? Like nobody believed it. And then the next day, <clears throat> I wanted to know if um, I wanted to make sure that it's not, a, you know, sometimes you get these emails and you're not sure, hmm. So so I, well, I wanted to make sure I, I give myself like some some few research uh, time to make sure that it's actually on the website <laughs> and stuff like this. It's it's not some Nigerian <laughs> guy who said yeah, you have been selected. <laughs> so um I confirmed that they actually, they then sent me another email during the day asking for like information to do with the poster, the trailer, uh, director details, uh, profile and stuff like that, profile of the crew and the, and the cast. So then I knew uh, this, was, this was for real. So I called Brian, <clears throat> Brian the main, main character, and, and I tell him that we, the film, Uh, has been selected to screen in Cannes. And uh, I don't want to say, but he cast a bit. <laughs> he was like, oh, you're kidding. You know, he, he didn't believe it. Even until, yeah. I think even the next day, he was still, I'm waiting for you to stop playing jokes with me. <laughs> And I'm like, no, I'm not joking. I had to, actually, I had to forward him the email so that he would actually believe. Because... No, oh, one, no, no one, one thought on set that this film was uncapable. Like it was just a film I was doing to to get to know my actors, get to fill the set with like professional equipment, the same equipment we would work with on the feature film. So it was not really <laughs> we were not that ambitious at that time, <clears throat> but we we felt so privileged that it was selected. And then on doing some further research, we learned that it was the only African film that was selected then, that wow. year. So we were like, wow, wow, wow. You know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was very huge. So, um, so we, I now started thinking, okay, I have the invite, but I have to think of how to get there. <laughs> <laughs> the logistics yeah. always comes in. Yeah, the logistics, the money, you know, where you're going to stay. But I was lucky that I was working with a, with a French co-producer. So, so he knew, like, how much you can spend in Cannes, how much um, accommodation oh, wow. it's like the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he even offered, like, maybe... I think he offered that we can stay at his house, but his house was almost like 200 kilometers away from the festival. And, and you can imagine traveling every day that... Yeah, it can be, it can be so heavy. So, so, so I think I reached out to Rachel. Uh, we still kept in touch. Uh, and Rachel suggested, okay, we can try and approach the board. We started with Kenya Film Commission. And then... Uh, Um, because he had worked with um, yeah, this guy of KFCB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, say, he said, yeah, he said that, uh, sorry, she said that um, she would be willing to, he would be willing to, to support us if we take it like uh, it's um, you're, you're representing, representing the country. country. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
A hundred percent you are for sure. No doubt yeah. about that. So and the continent actually. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was heavy for me at that time. <laughs> but then um so I wrote some letters. We started thinking of 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 uh where to stay, the budget and stuff like this. And sure enough, it was very last minute because I remember, you know, to apply for the passport. Uh and the time that we had sent, because the notification didn't come too early. It was almost, I think, like a month towards the festival. Oh, that's that's a short yeah, time. Yeah, so we had to think of quickly how to generate this money. Do we... And then when, 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 when Rachel started pursuing it, she actually helped a lot because she, she's the one who sort of convinced uh, Ezekiel to help out and Ezekiel saw it like you know we'll go as a board to represent your film and to support your film and stuff like that so it was a win-win like me getting like uh, total support and them also you know getting the, the using the, it as a promotion yeah exactly yeah, so that is what happened and then I land in Cannes on the very first day. I am in my suit. <laughs> How was the weather like? How was the weather yeah, it, was, like? it was warm because it was summer. It was May. May, it was summer. So I think I landed with like normal clothes. And then in the morning, uh, because we landed about 6, 7 a.m., um, so afterwards, when we went to the hotel, I, I wore my suit, you know, like looking professional. <laughs> but I was surprised when I was now going to check in, it's only the, the officials that are in suits, like the filmmakers, most of them were just in casual clothes and stuff like this. <laughs> that is the first thing that, that, that struck me, like you don't need to look too official. Like, like even... I think on the day when the film was screening, I wore like a white tuxedo, and and the and the rest right. of the other filmmakers were just you know casual. Yeah. But for me, I wanted to to be taken seriously. You know, like if you meet someone, yeah. they, at yeah. least they can listen to you. Don't don't just look like a struggling person or something. Yeah, 100%. yeah. So so on the first day, we got to watch very very interesting films, and then. You know, like I met some very big filmmakers. Um, let me just search for this filmmaker who was actually in the first film that got me into filmmaking. <laughs> the, no yeah, way. The Bond, the Bond series. Oh, that was a good yes. loop. That <laughs> gave you a nice loop to finally meet the, the base, the inspiration. Yeah, and, and I think uh, it was at night and I was just walking out of the festival and then I noticed him and I was like, I know this guy. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, dun, dun. But, but, but how do I know him? And then later on, I started like, um, I didn't know the name, but I knew I knew him from somewhere. <clears throat> so I just asked him, yeah. hi, I'm a big fan of you. Uh, can, I, can we take a small picture? And then he said, yeah, okay. Huh. <laughs> yeah, and then we took the picture. Um, <laughs> He's called Adewale. Ah, he's a, yeah, 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 yeah. 
he, he's a British actor and he has been in, in, in a lot of films, like a lot of big films. Adewale uh, Akinuoye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Wow. Uh, and what was that moment like for you when you're in the cinema and you're watching, you're in Cannes, your film is playing as an audience? What, what was that so, moment? So the thing that we, we had to do was to try and invite people to come because short films were given sections where they would play. So ours was playing in Pavilion H. Uh, so, so, so the idea was to market your film, to reach as many filmmakers, influencers, producers, investors, to come and watch your film so that if they're interested in working with you, that's maybe where they start. Uh, maybe if they didn't have time, maybe they would ask you for a link so that you send them a link. So, so, so during like two days, we were because the film was screening on the third day when we arrived at the festival. The two days was mostly networking and telling people my script, my film was screened here, stuff like that. So even in between, I got to meet uh, producers of Paramount. Um, who actually I sat down with. I wanted them to maybe help in distributing the film. So, so the first thing I think they mentioned was, they asked me, is the film a comedy or, or sorry, what's the genre of the film? So I said, it's, it's sort of a comedy, science, science um, psychological comedy, I would say. So they said, you know, comedy is very hard to sell because What's funny in China is not what's funny in Kenya or, or Nigeria and stuff like this. So he said he was going to watch the film and then um, we'll pick it up from there. He was very receptive. I think they watched the trailer. They really loved it. So we just took some contacts and, and we've always been in touch ever since. Yeah, And I think on the third day, that's when I got even to see Will Smith. And Nicole Kidman. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so <laughs> it was very surreal. Oi. Like, like I, I think, I think at that time, uh, the the group that I had at KFCB, they did know a lot of these um, actors. I would say. So I remember, um, I told Rachel. That is Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> that is Nicole Kidman. What are you saying? Just I want to smack her on the face. That is Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So uh, it was. It was. It was more of now. I mean, it was. I, I really felt like I needed like a Brian O'Connor, somewhere, someone who could, who were the same level, who could talk about with stuff, you know. But but it was just me knowing them and, and thinking, do I have the courage to approach them and say hi? You know, it was you know, those feelings. Yeah, but it was very surreal. Like if I stood on the same carpet with them and I'm like, wow, this is, you know, <clears throat> the beginning of something. And, and at this time, I think that's when I used to talk to my parents and they were like, you know, like, don't let it get to your head, because... <laughs> 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 Why 
do I all of a sudden think your, your parents are the most serene humans I have ever met? Instead of being like, yes, son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Yeah, like, like, oh, my God. It's like, ah. Uh, I'm going to say, 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 Never, ever, ever. They, they, they were excited that I was also excited. Like it, I think it was the first time I was going on a on a on a long flight that far. <clears throat> and then I think on the day that my flip my film was screening, I was very shocked to see a full house. Even us, like even us, we were struggling to get no. in. Like I had to explain <clears throat> because no. I think. The board brought like six people. One, two, three. Yeah, six people, yeah. So at the entrance, I had, I I came in and then I went now to, to get uh, Ezekiel and there's I wanted to let them know that the film is about to start, starting at five, start, 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 start so we have to be there early. So apparently they arrived like maybe uh, 15 minutes uh, after five. But people hadn't gotten in. Everyone was uh, making a line to get in. And I was like, you know, people are coming in. Maybe they don't know who the filmmaker is. They just saw the poster. And I'm, I'm the one, like, going. I, I jumped and I went straight to the line. And I told them that I'm the one who made the film. And da, 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 uh, I have the government here to support me. <laughs> so these are... These are people of the government of Kenya. Government <laughs> delegates. <laughs> so, so actually they made an exception because we were very far. We were, if we had made the line, we were, people were not able to get in all of them. Yeah, so we got in, I was like, what? Jeez, I, I, I'm not sure I'd be able to find the strength was, to walk into that yeah. room. <laughs> I think I'd have just stayed in the toilet. I told someone to watch it for me. That's how was that like? It was that? very satisfying. Like even more, I wanted to to see if we, they would enjoy the film. But but just getting like a full house. I, I went to a, a few screenings in between, um, and 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 yeah. there weren't that many people like in in a certain given film that I went to. So seeing yeah. that yeah. the pavilion that my film was screening was full, I was like, wow. Is just incredible. When we're watching the film, people started laughing. I was like, oh. <laughs> Comedy that is Kenyan can be comedy in France. So, so I know, okay, so it's not too hard to do this. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So later on, I, I started getting some comments. We had a QA, there was a lot of questions. Especially on the budget, like, like I remember there was someone who asked, like, how was what was the budget of the film? So at the top of my head, <clears throat> for me personally, I had spent one hundred and fifty thousand. Mm. All the other things were more goodwill, getting the location. Yeah, but you have yeah. to put a cost. So, so that's a cost to all of that because yeah. I think they they maybe they needed me to say it in euros, so I just said roughly. Um, 
1,500 euros. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> do you know how much? Do you know how much that is? <laughs> It's worth it's roughly one sixty thousand or something, but to them it's like fifteen hundred. You know, my film has a budget of a hundred thousand euros. So like, <laughs> you can imagine how they are shocked. Like, you can make a film with that little money. <laughs> you can't pay anyone or anything in their country. So, so. I think that that's that's one of the shocking things they 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 got from my answers. They were like, "Wow, maybe you should move to Kenya and make films there." <laughs> but I told them, oh, "Yeah, we have budget to make a couple of a films." Starting thing, it was not like a profession. If you come to Kenya, hey, the wages will not be the same. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but they, they loved it. Uh, I think I made some contact with some guys from New York. They were they wanted me to do like another short film with them. Mm-hmm. And then here's the kicker. After that, I met Barry oh, no. Jenkins. Oh no! Well, let me oh! Just show you a picture. So that's <laughs> you met Barry. Oh my God! Yeah. So. Barry Jenkins, the director uh, of the Oscar-winning film Moonlight. He was one of the judges of the best short film in in Cannes at that time. Oh, my. So so I think uh, he he was buying a sandwich. There were these open um, vehicles that you would buy. They they, they sell stuff, yeah? Yeah, some nice sandwich. So I went and and I saw him and I said, "Hi, how are you? I'm fine." And then I introduced myself and then he, he told me, "Is this your first film?" I said, uh, "My first film that has actually been done professionally, I would say. All the rest are short film." Yeah. And then uh, yeah. when we were talking, I just asked him like. Like, what's your journey like? What you do? Advise me. He told me, if you if you say this is your first professional films, I've done twenty professional short films before I got to where I was to make Moonlight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh. my god! <laughs> 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 yeah, so you said, keep at it. This is a good stepping stone. You've seen the possibilities. You can be here, so like it's not beyond you. And I was very humbled by that. Like he was, he was, he was. Like I felt I'm talking to a fellow friend. Like when we were talking, it, it, you know the way you see, like you 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 see someone who has made it, and when you meet them, you're like shocked. You know? Like if you talk, if you really talk to them, they will just make it feel like. It's a journey, yeah. So it's it's not really like they are gods or something. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. Genuinely it's a journey. Genuine, yeah. A journey. Yeah. So so so. Um. Yeah. After 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 Khan, that then I started following up on the contacts I got. Uh, we were thinking of how to now. It, it's weird because I remember the film made. Headlines because it was selected in Cannes. 
And I'm sure if it was just a film that was maybe released in Kenya and that's it, maybe it wouldn't have created the same impact. So, so we knew, of course, that people are waiting to watch it. How do we like release it? You know, it's a short film. You can't, it's a 17 minute short film. We can't like hold a full, like a premiere, uh, like a two hour minute film or something or a one hour minute film. So we, we had to be careful about it. Yeah, so, and, and then Ezekiel suggested that they were gonna pay for everything. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> the yeah. government has but worked then, for you. Hey, when we come to Kenya, we do we change Alaka. We do, we do, we do change Alaka. <laughs> anyway, uh, he supported it to, 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 to be showcased at uh, USIU. I think that's why we first showcased it. And I was actually surprised, like, you know, when we were casting, like, some people, there were those actors that we were afraid they would, you know, like, they would ask for a big buck, which we didn't have. And and I was surprised to actually see them in the screening. I, I was like, what? All these people are coming. Like, I, I saw actors from Sense8. I saw actors from uh, Selena, like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so I screened the film, the people, they loved it. And then now I was now thinking, okay, what do I do next? Because <laughs> you can't go lower than that. You have to keep improving, you have to show improvement. Um, so I think like a few months later, there was this uh, 48 hour film project that I also wanted to participate in. And yeah, I wrote a short script and unfortunately <laughs> it was not we didn't pick the deadline uh yeah put it put it put it put it as make a film is no joke <laughs> it is no joke especially to a certain standard that yeah. you have now mentally right you so so this film is called the editor which i decided to just release it uh free on youtube um when we finished but also we submitted it to Riverwood uh, Awards. And yeah, I was also surprised that it actually scooped like three awards on the night. And, and, and from there then, I, I thought I'm, I've had enough of short films now. <laughs> to make, I have to make a feature film now. But before I made up my mind, we we got pregnant. Yay! So you see now priority started changing. I was like, but Ilam loves me. You make pesa. You know now you're not alone. Yeah, and it's always it's always an interesting shift. It's almost a shift. A lot of. I remember I had one of the mentors who, when um, when I knew my yeah. my daughter was on the way, and she said, "I'm I'm happy for you, but I'm also sad for you." <laughs> that was the privilege to say. Yeah, be- uh, yeah, because suddenly a lot of creators enter through that space, and you, know, you have to make difficult choices that sometimes sacrifice your your craft. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can understand that. The sudden, ten, 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 ten. Uh, okay. So, 
Neophobia um, was also selected at, at uh, Zanzibar Film Festival. So I decided to go there. Um, and then when we were on a cocktail party um, um, with a DocuBox, like uh, the, 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 the DocuBox team, <clears throat> I remember I just asked a simple question like, if your film has started winning awards, um, do you still need to go to like a professional school? You remember when we, we did the Academy of African Filmmakers uh, yeah. in 2014? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, you're on fire, you guy. Eh? Like, <laughs> the soap and the James Bond. <laughs> she also liked this stuff. I remember very clearly. What uh, happened to it, by the way? Just to come I mean, to. <laughs> I mean, it, we had it. It was part of the team because you had that. That was a representation from Kenya, and then you had one from South Africa. So you had all these small films representing Unilever that they end yeah. up using um, on their social media campaign. So, I mean, that's... I saw you followed it up and then you made you made like a full... Yeah, we, we made so much. I mean, after that, we ended up working a lot with more films. And I think I made three more um, of their campaigns for different products. But yeah. it's always interesting what one door opens, different yeah. opportunities that come from it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so that, what happened when you told when you told DocuBox? That's an interesting question. Yeah. So so they told me um, you should ask. So they pointed me to a guy called Mark Shilanji. He was um, an admissions officer at uh, Film Academy Baden-Württemberg in Germany. It's called uh, Film Academy uh, Baden-Württemberg. It's the like the district or something. So I went and talked to him and and. Uh, he told me that what you can learn in school is, is working with a team, is um, the, the most thing you can learn is, is the discipline. It's, it's, it's really the discipline that you learn um, as opposed to like the experience you get on set. On set, you get the experience. On on in school, you learn like the discipline, what to do, what what you should not do, uh, principles and stuff like that. So he also mentioned that they 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 have a school in 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 Germany that uh, it's mostly focused on filmmakers, um, different artists, musicians, uh, composers, animators. Um, graphic designer stuff like that, and we did we didn't get into too much into the school at that time. So he told me that it is not totally necessary to to go to school to learn because the people in school wish they could make films that win festivals. <laughs> so you you wish that you're making films that are winning festivals and you want to go to school. <laughs> So you, he said, maybe you're above the park, you're over the park. So maybe you can, you don't necessarily need to go to school. But we came back to Kenya two days later. Judy Binge calls me and and she tells me there's this wonderful opportunity that has come up, and they're selecting uh, two people to to go to Germany for roughly eight months. 
to represent Kenya and start the film. Or, so it's a partnership to represent um, the Kenya, because they were selecting from different countries all over the world, and Kenya was part of it. So, so they wanted me to sign up and, and apply, <clears throat> come for an interview, see what it's about, and, and, and if, if, they, if I pass the interview, then I would be one of the people to, one of the students to enroll. At that time, I remember my son was three months. Yeah? <clears throat> so I was always asking myself, huh, when I come back, <laughs> this guy will be one year plus, yeah? So I was, I was, I was not sure, I was taught, sort of debating, and then I was also working. So there was no way my work would give me like eight months. Three months is okay. But eight months I had to resign or, or just yeah, quit. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was quite difficult. But then I thought um, maybe this is the calling I need. Because uh, you know when I came back from 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 Cannes. Uh, supermodel was being done, and, and and I had applied like when I was in Germany. I just applied, uh, and and they selected me to be an assistant director. But they also required that I be free for two months, and and also at that time I felt like I needed to also leave work because two months to be totally free, you know, that's also like for an employer. Yeah, to end the trip. Yeah, you know, like, like if I, I didn't even mention that I was doing film. Only a few of my friends at work knew that I was doing film because I didn't also want to jeopardize like my position. You know, they would be like, "You don't look focused in here. You look like you need to do more, more of film outside." So, so I was keeping it really on the down low. So I think I turned that down because I didn't feel like it was the right calling to really give up everything and jump ship because after after the supermodel was done then then what yeah when when now i had to make this choice between now going for eight months oh, this incredible school mm. you know leaving these guys here we I have to think of how like they are going to sustain themselves when i'm away and stuff like that I had also, uh, the first time I did it was, um, I worked with Kevin Jue on 18 hours. So I edited 18 hours, which was a feature film. And mostly the reason why I decided to take it up was, it was sort of similar to my feature film. It was it had a twist that also my feature film had, and I just wanted to get that experience editing like a feature film and, and how it is and stuff like that. And, and in between the, the, because I had three months to make that decision. This was July. Uh, I had to be ready to go by October, but also, you know, you see applying visa and all this had to come a bit earlier. So within that period, <clears throat> the film had been submitted to Africa Viewer's Choice Award in Nigeria. And, and it was uh, selected in those categories in, in editing best, overall film, best East African film, and best sound design. And, and since it was selected, uh, everyone was 
every category you are paid for. Yeah, they were, they were given accommodation and flight. So, so the, yeah, I was invited to also attend the first the the, the award ceremony. <clears throat> and I think this is probably where my parents they 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 just said, "All right, you win." <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe they some... support you. <laughs> you maybe we back you up. Yeah. Mm. Because yeah. maybe we are the ones who've been giving you second thoughts to pursue this. Because you know, I was pursuing it part time. You can imagine I'm working and still editing a feature film. I'm working and still doing these short films. So they were like, maybe if you like pursue it full time, it can take you even higher. Yeah. So I decided uh, to go to uh, Nigeria, and I won. <laughs> I won the best editing for eighteen wow. hours, mm. and I remember I gave I gave a, a very passionate speech. I think I felt like I'm standing <laughs> on an Oscar stage. <laughs> And the previous night, I remember I was with Lekarion, yeah. and I asked him, "Mandika speech Buddha, must speech and in the Nigerians." But then at the at, at my at the like I just said, okay, let me just draft something like some keywords, who to thank, um, what to say, like an overall keynote or something. Then when I was called, out, I, I don't think I like I remembered everything, but it was good that I had practiced. <laughs> yeah, it's good that I had put it. In. Oh my and, god! And even Likarion was called, and he he had not prepared the interview. Uh, if I forget you, uh, know that. Uh, <laughs> later, uh, then he started boasting. Ah, natural, eh? natural. I don't need to. <laughs> But he did well with the speech as well. Yeah. So uh, I think that that was the turning point. Like I saw, you know, I'm I'm now getting some like real international recognition in in all these different places. Maybe I should go and and learn like the skill on a on a professional level, Kabisa. So when I came back, I uh, I think I made the decision when I was in Nigeria to to, to go to Germany. So I called Judy. I told her, all right, I am in. Let's do it. What do I need? So then, that's when I started follow, following up with visas, uh, and then I was later told that Saitabao, Mark Saitabao, was also selected to Amazing, yeah. go with me. So we we were actually neighbors. I was living in Gong at the time. Oh. So, <laughs> So, so he told me, ah, you live in Gong. <laughs> so we, we kept meet, meeting a lot of times, planning, <clears throat> choosing our flight, um, choosing how we're going to stay. And it was very helpful. Like the whole experience in Germany, I think it would have been really tough without each other. Like it was the first time we were living longer uh, outside of the country alone. Yeah, and just being together, uh, you know, cracking jokes with each other, walking, you know, like the first time when you're when you're in Europe, especially like 
you'd feel so much out of place yeah and, and even people notice it and then when they notice it they keep staring at you and you feel okay what have i done you know like being there with someone else you can like speak your own language yeah there's a deep sense of home exactly mm. so 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 the experience there was very fulfilling for me like i always attributed to a lot of <laughs> a lot of professionalism that i i got there because hey maze in terms of sound like you can see how everyone is dedicated to his work in terms of graphics this is not something that even the short films that i was doing i would be able to experience because mm. if i was editing this the, the film i was mm. also directing writing the process is like condensed to me yeah so getting to this uh professional school everyone is like specific on what he wants to be good at that was that was like something different and also to be able to work with any equipment you wanted they had red they had ari they had all the equipment that you needed the only thing i think i made this talk when you were there um at tokyo box was that there was no was the, the 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 crew was very limited so you're given equipment to work with but no one to operate <laughs> the irony where here we have so many people to work but very many equipment that was given a budget there as well i mean but but it was it was quite nice to actually um relate with different people see how actually they do things there because it's actually not different to how we do things here you know when you, when you're there when before i went there i used to see a lot of films like you look at the budget you're like wow these guys make a lot of money from film and stuff like that but when you actually sit down with them and talk you can actually see they are also struggling like it's it's not a a walk in the park to like budget for to 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 fund a film and make a film successful it's it's also a struggle like some of them they relied a lot on 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 like ngo sponsored work the same way most filmmakers here do so that was also an eye opener uh, i also i made a short science fiction film when i was there and then i made some good friends and those two we made i uh, me and saitabau we made uh, i would say like five friends so we split we decided to make a sort of co-production so saitabao's team and my team we we had different uh, stories uh, that we wanted to do but both of them had to sort of transact between kenya and germany yeah and and yeah so we decided for me i think the the, the one thing that always made me curious was what they think of matatus over there because <laughs> when you see the the buses they had were very you know uh official quiet clean like it was it is it is very different from like the, the transport here so when i mentioned that to my to my friend Dennis Pavlovich 
who is also my co-director in that film, was very interested in it. And after that, then we, we just made plans how they were gonna come here and, and what exactly is the vice versa of the story that we'll do in, in Germany. So in Germany, I think we decided to, to, to do taxis. <clears throat> Because even when I was in Cannes, I remember we, we we used to be driven by S-class Mercedes, and it's the same price. Like like at that, at that time, I was like, "Are you sure this guy is not is not They said no. And then he, the, I think when we were talking with the driver, he mentioned that you have to pay four hundred thousand as a driver to be able to own your own car. For each operator, as a Mercedes, hundred thousand euros—that's forty million. To you, for you to get the license to own the car. So I was like, "Wow!" So normally they usually rely on like companies that taxi companies. So drivers are just brought. In. But if you want to be the owner of that car, so you don't have to take money to the company or something. You have to give four hundred thousand. <laughs> the license is that much, so that made me also curious to 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 see how we see a lot of BMWs, Mercedes as taxis, um, and how they sustain it. How do they actually buy these cars? They're very expensive. Do they make the money back? So we did the taxis and and matatus. Uh, and the film we're planning on releasing it roughly, I think January next year. So right now we are still in post-production, fine-tuning grading and, and some music and stuff like that. Yeah, amazing. And just to wrap up this podcast section, I have two questions. First one is one that we we always ask one particular one to everyone who's come on the podcast. And this other one is from your Cannes experience, for the next Cannes selection you're going to do, whether it's feature films or short films, whatever is going to take you to Cannes or Sundance, all these amazing things you're about to achieve in the near future. What do you feel like you, you, you will do on the next one? What did you learn from your Cannes experience that you felt like, okay, if I do get another opportunity like this, this is what I need to go. This is how I need to be prepared for the next one. What do you feel those lessons were? I would say the first thing I would do is arrive early. <laughs> because I noticed that in Cannes, most of the producers come on the first, second, or third day, the big ones. And then the rest are mostly maybe uh, assistants or, or like you'll find most of the big companies have left. On, uh, they don't wait like the whole festival to end because the, the, the festival is usually like a week long or eight, nine days. So uh, if, I, if I were to go there, I would totally arrive like just before the festival comes and go there the first few days so that I can maximize like any kind of networking I need to do and, and that, yeah. The second thing is <clears throat> I would make a story from, from here. I would I would make a story that is um, that communicates 
another culture or another different. You see how you when you watch Knuckles, as much as it has subtitles, you will follow it. You will be almost addicted to watching it because it introduces you to another world. How do other things? How do other people do things? How do other people communicate? So I would totally make it um, relatable first of all to my home country, and then after that I think it will be able to pick up itself. As opposed to you see, uh, uh, there's lots of films that people do, and and it's totally full of English. It has almost like uh, an Americanized sort of um, dialogue, I would say. I would, I, would, I would totally go against it. I would, I would go in a way that we, we, we tell our own stories because we have so many stories to tell. And I also learned this because when I was watching some of the films from China, um, even films from Vietnam, I learned that you know, some of them people are sleeping. <laughs> but the thing that I learned mostly was we just need to expose our work because the films that we do here are very similar to what you would watch over there. The only thing is maybe people don't like prioritize the budget that it takes to submit to, to big festivals like those. I would really encourage many people to keep you know like this big festival like you never know even us we didn't know yeah so that's also another thing i would do so you asked what 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 i would uh do if i went to this uh big yeah, festival. Again. Yeah. yeah yeah differently like from that experience what did you come out with you know i for example the networking do you think it's important to go with like because it almost felt when you're talking like it almost felt like you needed a sales agent or it felt like you needed someone who would be on the front line to sell you to this potential um is that the case um, is that- that, that, that's also a very interesting part because you as a director you have to learn how to pitch i think that's also another thing i would totally be keen on go there having a film in mind another film besides the one that you have, you have to think of um, another story that you have, because if someone is interested to work with you and you say, okay, I'm, I'm thinking of writing this, blah, 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 already you lose some marks. But if you go there already having something else planned or something else coming up, you're just looking maybe for co-producers or us, investors it's easy for you to convince them after they like the work that brought you to come and and pitching is is an element of it uh preparing how to pitch that new project to a potential investor is also very important you keep practicing on the on the mirror <laughs> different areas that's also another thing because i remember sometimes i, I used to be caught off guard we like your film. Wow, what are you working on now? I'm like, ha, ah, ah. you know, <laughs> you have to think on your toes. What are you working on now? Yeah. So always the the most of the people who will look interested will ask you a potential project that they can collaborate with you. I'm sure you've also encountered this uh, in Durban. I think 
and also carry business cards, good business cards. And and as well, uh, make sure you, you have a demo reel uh, that is active and, and current. I think that's also another thing that maybe you will be asked a lot, like, can we see some of the other things you've done before this project and stuff like that? So always have like a quick link you can send quickly because they forget like a lot of people you meet so many people even then they meet so many people and and if you're not quick to act they will forget about you so even if you wait like five days to contact them again sometimes they will be too busy to even reply but if you are there with them send it you make an impression they will not forget you that's also another thing all right, so the final question for this podcast that you always ask, if you are to have five minutes with someone who's your biggest fan, I'm talking about someone who has the same color of socks as you, someone who, who went and bought the exact shirt like the one you're wearing, you know, who wants to name <laughs> them based on your name and you only had five minutes with them, what would you teach them? As a director? As a director, as a human I would first of all tell them to be humble. <clears throat> Humility takes people very far. If you go somewhere and you're asked to do something, be humble about it. Be willing to learn, especially if uh, you're not very experienced. Be willing to learn. The other thing I would say is learn a bit of almost everything. Like if you if you want to be a filmmaker learn a bit of how lighting is done. Learn a bit of how sound works. Learn, especially learn how editing works because when you, when you go on set, it's very paramount that you know this shot will be shown for 10 frames. So we don't need that other part. It will save you so much time and will make you uh, do uh, um, films on a budget because also when I was in, in Germany I remember we had two days to shoot like a, a 20 minute film and if you're not if you didn't know what you exactly need there was no way you could finish that film in, the, in, 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 in that short time so it's the same thing like learn a bit of everything as a filmmaker with German craft maybe you can just focus on one but also get to learn a bit of all these other things. All right. Thank you so much, Mark, for sharing that amazing, amazing journey. And I'm sure I can't wait to see everything that you're going to be doing. And I can't wait to jump on uh, Neophobia and just talk a bit more on the YouTube section of this conversation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and thank you, Maina, for making time. Remember, you can always join us on Rika's YouTube channel where we go on a deeper, deeper detailed conversation on the visual art of filmmaking. See you on the next one.